I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Declan McCarthy, welcome, mate. And then I started filming content. Some videos started doing all right. I was, I was just enjoying it. It wasn't anything that I ever thought would you know, perhaps become a full-time job. You do get a little bit of a rap and uh, for being a little bit of a showkeeper, or, you know, camera saved and top corners only. Like, I have thinkers, of course. That's a lie, actually. I've never considered it. <laughs> My influence on younger keepers is probably a lot bigger than I realise sometimes. So I started goalkeeping at 21, I believe. So I'm 26 now, so I've only been keeping for five years. It's 12, maybe 13, and I signed for Bournemouth. Training all week, you're knocking your pipe out, thinking, like, oh, I just want to be a footballer, I just want to play, and I want to prove that I'm, I'm good. And you go home and I'm in tears. Like I had a, a keeper who was League Two at the time and uh, he messaged me and more or less battered me. I was lucky enough to do some sessions with like Luca Zidane, Isco, like uh, Zinedine Zidane, like yeah. loads of mad names. You know, one day you could be in the hospital handing out letters and, and you might find yourself at a Prem club on trial the next. What a save from Mark Howard. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Yours Mine Away podcast with me, Mark Howard. Today I'm delighted to have a, a special guest in with me today. Uh, you've got loads of experience from talking to you already uh, behind the scenes and that, but a lot of people will know you as the Ideal D, uh, ideal GK, Declan McCarthy. Welcome, mate. Thanks for having me, mate. Really excited to be here. Yeah, no, obviously uh, buzzing. I've seen a lot of your content and stuff online and that, so... Just chatting to you for the last 20, 30 minutes, mate. You've got some story as well. Yeah, I think it's uh, a little bit different than what people imagine. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah, well, we've both recently come back from trips to America. And as I've said, I'm struggling with the jet lag. I don't know about you. Yeah, just getting over it now. But, yeah, it's definitely been a tough week. And uh, back to reality is, is not yeah. easy as well. So. No, no, I, I hope people bear with me. I, I, I am tired. I'm not going to lie to you. Been up uh, since 2, yeah? Yeah, since 2 o'clock. So we're, we're filming this at 11, so we should be all right. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, uh, a lot of people know you from social media and stuff. Uh, I want to crack straight into that first because that's where everyone will know like your story a bit. Why? How? How did this come about? So uh, I was sort of playing football uh, non-league at the time when I started filming content. Um, I think I'm in my fifth year now. Maybe I'm coming into my sixth year of doing content. Um, I was kind of going back and forth with playing football and, and uh, 
you know, playing non-league and, and also coming through as an academy player. And then I started filming content just literally one day, just decided I'm going to film and I'm going to, I'm going to train and, uh, yeah, just start putting my stuff out on Instagram. That was a platform I was initially using. Um, some videos started doing all right. I was, I was just enjoying it. It wasn't anything that I ever thought would, you know, perhaps become a full-time job or, or certainly not, you know, everyday life for me now is, is content. So yeah, it was just a hobby for me. I really enjoyed doing it at the time. Um, and yeah, I'll, I've not really looked back. I've kind of um and ah'd about football and career and everything like that. But yeah, I, I love what I do now, and I'm and I'm incredibly lucky to do so. Yeah, look, obviously, look, like you said, you, you're pushing content out and that, and I've seen you make loads of saves and yeah. stuff like that. And there is a stigmatism about social media goalkeepers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You you do get a little bit of a rap and uh, for being a little bit of a showkeeper or you know camera saved and top corners only. But I think. <laughs> Of the times I've trained with professional keepers, which is every pretty much every week, I'm regularly training with a professional keeper, whether that's Premier League if I'm super lucky and Championship League One, League Two, and even Conference and you know non-league keepers. I'm not just a I'm not just a showkeeper. Like you know, I think everyone's pleasantly surprised with sort of the standard of my keeping, but I do understand you do get a rap because certain things do have to be entertainment because yeah. otherwise everyone, 100% yeah right. and, and as well like you have to get paid so yeah. like when you when you're trying to leverage with brands and you know speak to um whether it's i probably shouldn't name the brands but you know big brands which might be gloves and it might be kit and it might be boots you need some sort of pull and normally the showy stuff is what gets engaged with but, so but highlights real is exactly what it is it's meant to showcase the best bits so it's yeah. meant to show what you can do yeah I, I always, sorry i always get as well like people like oh, why don't you show the goals why don't you show the goals and i'm like no one really cares that's the thing like i don't want to see you concede loads of goals so like why, why is anyone that fussed about me having stinkers like oh, i have stinkers of course that's a lie actually i've never conceded <laughs> a goal. no but like i don't think people i don't i just not i don't think it's engaging i don't enjoy watching goals go in so no. like well, other That's goalkeepers that. aren't going to tune in yeah. to uh, see you make mistakes or yeah. let in goals constantly because they're not going to be learning, especially like the young yeah. audience that we both have. Yeah. They're not tuning in to hear about all the negative stuff. They want to yeah. see like what positive stuff, what saves you do make. Yeah. They want to see the the good bits. Yeah, and I think any time I've put out longer form stuff, if I've been training with a pro, like uh, well, a handful of pros, whatever, but like... I'll always include the goals because it's a full session and you'll see everything and then you will see me concede goals. When you're watching Instagram and TikTok, like you're more so trying to inspire younger keepers. So like, I don't think a younger keeper wants to see me throw one in or have one go through my legs really. And, and you know, that's not going to give them a kick up the arse to go out and train, you yeah. know? So yeah, that's that's the story behind the uh, the Instagram stuff no, anyway. And, so. and, and the realisation is, it's like when you're letting a goal, you make a mistake, you the defenders will throw their arms up at you. You'll get yeah, shouted yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that don't make good content. No, no, that, that's no. so that's negative. Exactly, it's not inspiring. Exactly. Yeah. So the, the thing for me is to inspire and like every so. I mean, I feel lucky every day, but every so often I'll look out and and think like you know probably the influence is probably a lot bigger than I realise that I've had on younger keepers. I obviously get a lot of messages and comments and everything's for the most part really positive. And I think my influence on younger keepers is probably a lot bigger than I realise sometimes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm proud of, of what I've done over the last five, six years. Yeah, right. I want to talk, uh, I want to go back to the start of your footballing journey then because yeah. this is a, a different you're, you're probably the latest bloomer that I've ever had in the studio. Yeah. So, obviously, people pick up goalkeeping really late and uh, I certainly was extremely late. Um, 
I started goalkeeping at 21, I believe. So I'm 26 now. So I've only been keeping for five years. That's incredible, mate. That is actually incredible. Yeah, I'm again. I'm I'm very happy with the sort of standard I've got to. I can join in with professional keepers and and feel comfortable and and not look you know too far out of place, which is great. Um, Most goalkeepers start at six years old, seven years old. So really, yeah. you should be performing the level of an 11, 12 year old. Yeah, I mean, so I, like, probably, I was full in the credit beginning. to you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's amazing how yeah. far you've come along and progressed. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah, I think a, th- a big thing for me as well is when I talk to younger keepers, is again, sort of like the uh, inspiration behind it or whatever, is like I got to what I believe is technically the standard of a professional keeper of some sort in the space of probably three or four years. So that mm. if that doesn't, I always say to like younger keepers, you've got a way bigger head start than I have. Like even if you start at 16, 17, 18, like you can get to that standard. Granted, I'm, I'm quite a natural athletic person, but I had to work really hard. I was training Monday to Friday, just at a local pitch near me, horrible training grounds. And like, no, I've, I've never been coached. And that's what, what people probably don't quite grasp as to what I've done is like, the only time I've been coached would probably be five to ten times in my life of, yeah. or, as a goalkeeper. As a goalkeeper. So, yeah. I, it, for me, it's an inspiration thing that if you're a young keeper and you're thinking, I can't do it, or you know, I really would love to have a go at it. You went I, out and did it. I yeah. went out and did it in, in a very short space of time, you know, from a technical standpoint. You know, the younger keepers have got a, a much better chance than I have. So. Right. Let's rewind before 21 years old then. So yeah. you came through... Right back to the beginning. Yeah, pretty okay. much. Yeah, let's go from there. So I started playing football for as long as I can remember, probably, like you said, five, four, five, six, seven years old. Um, I played locally just for a team near me. I'm based in Southampton and the team was Eastley, which are, I'm sure you know yep. Eastley, a conference team now. Played against them last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I played just locally at Eastley a few years at that Um Really enjoyed it. Obviously, I was a midfielder, centre midfielder at the time. Like to think I was a technical player. I wasn't. I certainly wasn't a nasty player going around smashing people. I was just trying to get on the ball and play. Um, I trialled probably at eleven, I think, for Southampton and Portsmouth Football Club. So obviously, Saints, I think, were the Premier League side. Um, Pom- Pompey, Pompey would have been as well, actually. I yeah. think about it at the time. So I, I trialled there. Um, None of them quite worked out. I think I broke my leg, to be honest, at that time. Anyway, got a horrific injury. My brother actually broke <laughs> my leg. You tried to brush over that. Yeah, yeah. So I'd, yeah, I was just thinking about it now. I've not thought about it for some time. My brother broke my leg. It was my fault. Anyway, didn't work out at Saints and Pompey, and that was fine. Uh, went back to playing, obviously, after I got over that. I think I was just 12, maybe 13, and I signed for Bournemouth. as obviously watching me as a player doing all right at Eastleigh, just a local club. And I was lucky enough to get a contract at Bournemouth. Um, I was, sorry, I was actually trialling also at Reading at the same time. Right. So I was going Tuesday night. I don't know if, I'm sure you know what it's like. Tuesday night, Thursday night training as an academy player. Mum and dad driving you across dad, the country. Yeah, yeah. Mum and dad is just fuming. So like Tuesday <laughs> night, I was going to Bournemouth. I can't remember whether I was doing like a week on, week off. So I might have gone Tuesday, Thursday, Bournemouth, then the following week, Reading. Yeah. And I was doing really well and, and really enjoying it. I was actually offered a, a year at Reading and I think two years as like a, you know, can't say contract, but a two-year deal, whatever, at Bournemouth. So I chose Bournemouth, went to Bournemouth anyway as a midfielder. God, in my head now, it's like so much has happened, which I don't even think about anymore because of the keeping. So obviously that's as a midfielder. Signed for Bournemouth. I was with Bournemouth up to 16 and then was lucky enough to get offered a youth team scholar. So that's when... When in my head, when I think football's becoming quite serious, yeah. and I remember at 15, 16, you'd get day release. You remember day release? Yeah, yeah, like you get a day yeah. off school. Day and off school's going to train. You'd be buzzing early. like you're pissing off all my mates, being like they're going to maths, and I'm just 
pissing off down to Bournemouth yeah. on the train to train. And um, yeah, so got a youth team scholar anyway. And I was obviously becoming very serious about football. Um, my experience as a youth team scholar was like fantastic, but extremely hard because although I'm I'm a big lad now and I'm and I'm tall and, and strong and whatever, at the time I was probably five seven, five eight maybe, and really skinny, not very strong, just not developed yet, just, just a, still a very much a boy. And like yeah. you'd be, I remember a lad who I trained uh, played with, I think he played at Chillingham as well, it was Joe Quigley, yeah. uh, big monster, and he was like a he was a he was like my height now when we was about 12 and I remember thinking like this is going to be so hard and uh yeah anyway didn't play hardly at all I think I had a handful of games in my first year as a scholar um which was heartbreaking for me obviously I mean in your first year you're not necessarily going to play all the time and and, no, you're, and that's you're getting used to you're getting training u- every day your body developing and getting yeah oh, and we call it doms now but like getting yeah. used to training every day repetitive. yeah like people don't quite realize the commitment of oh, obviously there's there's a lot of perks to being a footballer but like it's not glamorous and the, and the and the physical side of it is just is was probably too much for me as, as a boy so yeah I remember training or living away from home in digs out of you know, host family and lived with a couple of other players um which was class like it's such a fun time and there's probably <laughs> some stuff happened which i can't say but yeah. <laughs> it was a really fun time um physically it was just i struggled as a boy so i remember training monday tuesday recovery day wednesday so we might jog down the beach and have a stretch that so was you know it was a piss take really and then you didn't really you didn't went out nothing. chasing birds went to the cinema yeah, well, your mates and, well, that, yeah. Thursday, yeah. and then um <laughs> Thursday, Friday, we um, back in and training in it. Off the top of my head now, probably in at 8.30, do gym. We'd probably get to the training ground, which was right by the airport in Bournemouth because we didn't have a training ground yeah. then at the club. Um, a few jobs as well. Yeah, so we, that's what I mean. Like I think I was talking to my mate Cal in Dubai uh, a couple of months ago and I feel like we were the last, just about him and, and me was like the last age group where like it was just normal to have jobs, yeah. like cleaning boots carrying carrying all the Sweeping equipment dressing rooms so, yeah are. cleaning up like that whole thing i just feel like from what i hear now of youth it's team gone. players it's it just seems to be gone and i don't know maybe they're all just protected i feel like as well when when i was a youth team player it was it was horrible like people were just just evil like it was it was just it a felt, different it felt like that but it's just grounding isn't it? it's just it's yeah just getting like discipline yeah. in in place but now Technically, it's not their job description to, yeah. to come in and clean boots yeah, and no, clean they, the dressing room. They think they're there to just just be a footballer yeah, exactly, and, and yeah. get on the pitch. And like, I mean, I guess that's probably what you should do. But yeah, it was different when I was a little bit younger. But yeah, I don't I don't see too much of that anymore. But anyway, so I'd, in my first year as a scholar, I didn't didn't play hardly at all. I think, like I said, maybe a handful of games where I was playing. Um, a lot of sitting on the bench, a lot of not in the team. Um, it's and a for, hard age to go through that sort of stuff as well. I just wasn't ready, like, especially when, when you're really young, the physicality doesn't really matter. When you go into like under 18s and, and everyone's actually becoming men and, you know, it's like you see 18-year-olds now and they could be 30. That's what it was like for me as well. And I, I physically couldn't compete. I would say technically I was one of the one of the better players in the side, but it didn't mean anything. So, so bullied, because so. you were slightly underdeveloped mm. then, like as a boy... Was your teammates around you that were not as talented getting called up into first team training sessions because they could physically yeah. cope more? Yeah, so like obviously it would always be the bigger lads who can go up and they're playing the 21s or they yeah. might go into the first team. And like for me, it was like that was never even on the cards. Like you could be like, they might say, oh, we need someone to deliver balls. And like if it was whipping in crosses yeah. or whatever, yeah, 
deck's fine. Stick him in, like, no problem. Technically perfect. Te- yeah. yeah, like, I, again, I don't want to blow my own trumpet too much, but I, I believe I was technically a, a really decent player, um, which probably shows with the kicking now with keeping as well. So um, got to the end of the first year, and, and again, it was it was amazing for the boys and like being around that and and obviously you're at a league i think it's league one club at the time and it's it's like the best thing ever we might have been championship at the time not sure anyway and um best thing ever but go home on the weekend and don't play on a saturday so you're training all week you're knocking your pipe out thinking like i just want to be a footballer i just want to play and i want to prove that i'm i'm good and you go home and i'm in tears like literally crying on the weekend and People don't see all that, and it was like for me, it was it was tough. I remember going home to my mum and my dad, and just being like, "I don't want to be there. I just can't do it anymore." And it it doesn't sound like a really hard life being a footballer, but like the mental side of it is a thousand times worse than what you sort of what you think you'd experience. So. Is that just then you're going in day to day, but it's like constant knockbacks, and because you're away yeah. from home, you ain't got a release, have you? You haven't no. got your mum and dad until the weekend, and then it, you bottle it up for that week. Yeah, you go home and it just yeah, rele- just, all you, you want to do is cry, yeah. and and like I just go home and I'll just be, I'll be buzzing because I can go and see my mates, and it's normal. I mean, Southampton to Bournemouth's only an hour, if that, but like, I didn't, I couldn't get the train in every day. Obviously, I can't drive, so living away from home was really tough. Um, and the, the two lads I live with, I, I live with a couple of lads before, but the two lads I lived with for the bulk of the digs was Callum Buckley, who was physically like class. And, and and he was a proper player as well. I think he's playing at Weymouth now, Dorchester, near me. And Matt Butcher, who was at Plymouth. So he's, he's, he's doing really well as well. Yeah. They were physically much more developed than me. So it's, they probably couldn't even relate. So when I was going back to digs and they're like, they're playing every day, like every Saturday. And I'm just like, Fucking hell, just all I want to do is go home. Yeah. It was just so tough for me. So anyway, went back home on the weekends, speaking to mum and dad, having loads of arguments, especially with my dad, obviously. He, he, my dad was also a sportsman, so he sort of understood it, but uh, very old school and just get on with it and tough it up sort of thing. Get your head down and crack yeah, on. But he, was a, he was a boxer, so like he was, wow. he was very much like, just fucking get on with it and, you know, whatever. And that's what I don't, you know, no problem with that. It's, it made me a lot stronger. But anyway... Got to the end of end of the first year and I was pretty much broken with it, to be honest. I was just I was talking to Rob whilst we was away. It was just a horrendous time for me because, like, you, you're going in, you know what it's like. You're working so hard and you think you you think you like, I'm training. I'm thinking I'm I'm decent. Like, there's no problem here. And you get to a Saturday, you're not even in the team, and you're like, fucking hell, what am I gonna do? And um, I had a I had a massive blow up with my mum and dad about it, and and just said. I don't want to do it and I'm not going to do it. And then I remember ringing my coach, Joe Roach at the time. Yeah, Joe Roach. I remember ringing him up and just just saying, look, I know I've got another year. It could be a second year. But I just said, I don't think it's for me and I'm and I'm, I'm going to go and play elsewhere and I need to be playing. In hindsight, I, I still think that was probably the best thing for me it's at the time. It's a brave decision at that age. Especially with a second year. Yeah. And like, I, I think there's also a bit of... Uh, a persona about being able to say you're a footballer and people think, oh, it's amazing. Like, I didn't really care. It never, yes. never bothered me anyway. Like, So I remember ringing him up and, and he said, I, I don't want that to happen. You've got another year. And he said, can you play in a 23s game for me? And I think it might have been against like QPR. I can't remember. And it was on a 4G in Bournemouth called Camford. Really nice, really nice like facility. And I was just like, no. And and he said he said like he said I really don't want you to go. I think you're technically really good. He said obviously you're physically struggling. Yeah. 
can you just play in this game? And it was like on a Friday night, I remember calling him early in the week and I was just like, no, like I just said, I'm, I'm, I can't. And I was, I think that just showed how ruined I was with the whole process of it because, you know, if someone's offering you to go and play in the 23s, you're playing with, you know, good players, a lot of players who would have been from the first team coming down, trying to get fit, like proper players who'd probably gone on to be in the champ in Premier League. And I just couldn't do it. I remember just saying, uh, you know, thank you, but I'm, I'm really, really don't want to, and I'm, and I'm, I've had enough. And that's brave. That it's a strong yeah. decision as well. But when you, when you've come to that decision, you, you are mm. done then, aren't you? You like, yeah. you know. Oh, I was finished, and that like, I wasn't finished in a sense of like with football. I just knew that like, it might, maybe I might have gone and had a blinder, and they've gone, oh, this kid's class, and you know, we'll give him a chance. Yeah. But for me, I, I don't think it was going to be the difference. Did and, you get a sense of relief after that phone oh, call? Oh, massively, yeah. Like, and, and I think when I think about how old I probably was as a first year. It was a very mature decision and like... Massive. Yeah. I mean, I I probably didn't look very mature every week crying because I was going home with mum and dad and, you know. And as well, like, it's hard because your family are always biased. Your your missus, your your mum, your dad, your family, they're always going to think you're the best player in the world. But, like, I knew I was a good player. I just just knew that physically I I wasn't there. And, yeah, just... I I think as well, the youth team I, I was in, I think there was this real strong side. A lot of them got on the play and one actually's... One actually played for Bournemouth in the Prem last season. It might have been season four, actually. Jack Simpson, he played against yeah. City. And uh, yeah, yeah. he was, again, like when we were younger, he's not necessarily the best player in the team, really good, but physically he was brilliant. Um, and he's gone on to play. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a strong youth team for sure. So yeah, yeah that's right. that. I was going to cry in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't cry, man. <laughs> no, Be- before you cry, then, uh, we'll yeah. just do some quick fire questions and then we'll get on to about after Bournemouth stuff. Yeah, sure. Yeah, perfect. okay, right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Like I've just got a few general quick fire questions about like, catch or parry. Parry. Yeah, I knew you were going to say <laughs> I, that. I was actually excited I for you to say this. No one yeah. said this. Yet. Yeah, but you know what though, I've it got makes a, good content. Yeah, sure, but I, you know what though, I've got a funny thing on that. You know when like people say, train how you play. Yeah. Half the things you, half the things I catch in training, I know that if I was in the game, I wouldn't catch it. You parry them. I parry them. So I always just like. I don't want to like. I remember training with someone in America, and he was like a D one college keeper, and like I parried something. And he was like, "Why don't you catch that?" He was like, "You can catch that." I was like, "Yeah, but I, I wouldn't catch that in a game." Yeah. So I'm not going to train a habit I'm not actually going to use. Yeah. Like practice what you preach. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah so, anyway, yeah. but I'm not. I'm not anti catch either. I don't nah, mind the catch. I'm pleased you said that. You're yeah. the first person that said that. But mm. but I, I I do agree with you to some extent. That, yeah. Like, in a game, you don't get to catch a lot unless no. it's in your body. Yeah, ex- exactly. So any, yeah. Anything when your arms are fully extended, there's not many catches anymore. No, no chance. Like I, I remember when Raya did one a couple of seasons ago from a free kick, and and everyone was like going crazy about it. It's because no one catches really. Yeah. Like you're only going to catch if it's in that bubble. Yeah. Or like you said, around your body, and yeah, you know, parrying everything. Otherwise, yeah, like, I love it. Yeah. Right, favorite kit color. I like the illuminous, like the green or the yellow, like, you know, like the proper yeah. loud colour. I like that, yeah. Goalie kit. Yeah, a proper keeper kit. Uh, who's your favourite ever keeper? See, you would have only the five years of goalkeeping. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't have even bothered I, I'm to an look Arsenal at them fan, so it's probably Seaman, I suppose. It probably has to be. Would you have caught the back end of Seaman's career then, or was you yeah. against Lehman? Uh, I would have caught the back end of yeah. Seaman's for sure, but I'd watch loads of highlights yeah, and stuff. Of course, but yeah. Lehman was just a. He's a freak, so he's a beast. Yeah, I, I love him, man. Yeah, class. Uh, who, who's your inspiration? Inspiration in anything, in anything. Well, probably my dad. Yeah. It's probably gonna have to be uh, just being a, a professional sportsman and very old school, and probably why we clashed so much. But I think 
my dad was extremely tough on me and and I never would never have a bad thing to say about it because it was you know it made me made me in a a decent player, yeah. I suppose. So yeah, probably my dad. Bit of tough love there. Yeah. Um, long sleeve shirts or short sleeve shirts? Short sleeve. Your short sleeve. Yeah, you definitely. don't wear Under Armour. No, no. I, I should it, do though. His arms are in bits now. Right. Uh, who's the best goalkeeper in the world right now? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to eighty percent less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. That's really tough. It's like overall keeper. You'd probably have to say Alison, I suppose, but I... I like Courtois. Yeah. Only because he's just he's just a freak. He makes like, mad saves. He makes ridiculous he? He saves. Yeah. I, I think it's Alisson, but yeah, just Alec. because of everything. Yeah. I like Edison as well. Yeah. Distribution. Uh, yeah, yeah kicking's mad. Uh, head tennis or goalie wars? Goalie wars is just good fun, isn't yeah, it? It's good I don't fun. think head tennis is all that. Yeah. It's all right, but goalie wars is fun. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. Right. And then last one uh, save a penalty or score a goal, both last minute? Oh, save a penalty. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, it's got to be score a goal. You reckon? Surely. I what do you mean, as a keeper? As a goalie. Oh, as a then yeah, score a goal. I just thought you meant. I'd just... love to go up the last minute oh, and just yeah. notch. Yeah, yeah. It'd be I think you just become immortal then. Yeah, you, you would. Save a yeah, penalty. Yeah. Like the next season, someone's forgot about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. If you go up and score a That's goal, forever, isn't it? You're written in history. Yeah. yeah. You seen the overhead kick? That I don't know. Yeah, what did, yeah, yeah. It's mad, it's mad, it? yeah. <laughs> but it bounces first. It's yeah, some tickers. It's so know. flexible. I can't do that. No, he's done that. Right. Uh, obviously, like I said, uh, I want to talk a bit more about your after Bournemouth. Yeah. And going and playing non-league, and then discovering that you, yeah. you're going to be a goalie. Yeah, mad. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, sorry. Um, Go through this. Right. So you left Bournemouth. <laughs> so I left Bournemouth. Did you have a break from football? I did. Yeah. I, to be honest, I'm trying to work out in my head now when it was, but I didn't kick a ball. I imagine it was after Bournemouth, to be honest. But I didn't kick a ball for a year. I didn't play, didn't do anything. And like, I, I don't regret that either. I think I needed that. But like you walked away from the game. I completely much, walked yeah. away from football. Um, I believe that was as soon as I was out of Bournemouth, I believe. And then like a year in and I'm I'm sort of at that age where you start thinking about work and what you might be doing. And I remember my mum coming into the bedroom and just saying, like, what are you going to do then? Like, you know, you deck, you have to do something. Like, you you know, and I was, I was probably a bit depressed with the whole yeah. thing. Probably. I'm not very, I'm not a very down person, but like, I think I probably was just defeated at that point. And then... Mum started talking about jobs, and I remember thinking, "Fucking hell!" Like with some the real world, <laughs> the real world, the real like, world hits and, home. Yeah. And you are a little bit like you're a bit oblivious to what you might end up doing until you're out of football. And like I remember thinking about she'd say about jobs, and my dad wasn't really like that. He was just he'll figure it out. Yeah. He, he knows what he's doing. Figure it out. Mum was like, "What are you gonna do? You're gonna you know you're gonna get a job. Are you gonna play again? What do you want to do?" And uh, I went and 
I was like, I'm not gonna, not not as in I'm too good to work because again, I've got a, a good story with that too. But like, <laughs> I was like, fucking, I couldn't get myself to go and get a you know, normal job and and everything like that at the time. So I started playing. I've become like a almost like a third year scholar, if you want to call it that, at having a Waterlooville. So I done more or less season, season and a half there or whatever. And um, that was good. I was training with the first team. I was playing games, obviously, as like yeah. a, a youth team player still. I was obviously older. And that was great for me because physically I was way better. So as well, this is the other part. In that year I didn't play, I shot up to 6'3". <laughs> so like, I'm like maybe 6'4". So like in that year I'm like, fucking this is terrible timing. I've just I've yeah. come away from Bournemouth. I've turned down another year. I could have gone and whatever. And I'm now physically a man. I'm I'm strong and I'm and I'm and I'm faster and all that sort of stuff. So That's fucking luck. I could, it was mad though because like yeah. we, we'd have bets when we were younger whether I'd even make like five ten. No I was tiny. Way. I was I was like a midget. And then like yeah, shot up to six three. I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna go and play. So I went and played at Haven. I trained with the first team a lot. Lee Bradbury was the manager at the time. He's now the EC manager. Yeah. Uh, I still see him now because he plays the same golf course as I do. And he always says, you want to come down or whatever. And uh, I say no. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, proper ledge. He was, he was great for me as well. Every time I trained with the first team, he was he was class. I think you could see that I was a decent player. Um, and then I was kind of getting to the point where it was like, right, I'm either going to go and play. In the, am I going to go play in the first team or am I going to go and get a men's club and, and play? Yeah. And uh, I was kind of in that time i believe on a saturday i was playing for i think it was paul town which is a bournemouth based team so it's a lot of blur because i was at so many different stages at this point i was playing saturday at paul town in and out of the team again i was really young still probably 18. um and then for I want to... Oh, no, that's what happened. Sorry, it sounds like I'm making it up now. I'm trying to figure it out. Played in a friendly, I think it was, against Gosport for a pre-season. And Alex Pike was the manager at Gosport. Um, spoke to me and just said, I'd love you to come over. And it was a lot closer to me anyway. And I thought, if I'm going there, I want to play. And they were in the Conference South. So it was obviously a, a decent level. Decent, yeah. um, and I thought, that's oh, actually... This is unreal. Like, this is a proper felt to me like a break and in hindsight it was just it was an all right move but yeah. in, in at the time i was like conference south like that's obviously where a lot of league footballers will get loaned out to a lot yeah. of league footballers will end up playing a lot of scouts as well a lot of scouts yeah so i went to gosport borough uh playing in the conference south for the back end of the back end of the season i was playing i think i played 15 games something like that and, and i was again 18 19 years old getting all right money i think i was on a couple hundred quid a week and i thought oh, i've sussed it here i'm flying and um playing for gospel and and to be honest i was i was playing brilliant i was really happy about i was playing I had a few man of the matches and I was, I was still a kid so i was in my head i felt like i was probably making a bit of a name for myself in a very small yeah, world yeah. um gospel i then signed for gospel for the next season i think i played the first half of the season again and I don't know really why, but I, I was enjoying football. I wasn't loving it. I was enjoying football, but I just, I just sacked it off. I just, I don't know what happened at the time. I just was like, I'm not, I'm just not interested in in trying to be a centre midfielder. Again, this is all as a centre midfielder. I'm not really loving it. And I then was like, I went home and mum and dad had sort of cooled down with the idea of football because I was still earning money. Um, I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go and goal. 
which is mad. I was that's just, mad. When I think that. about it now, it's like, what was I doing? Just wanted to be a goalie, mate. That's all it was but the whole you know, time. Do you know what, though? When I was around that age at Bournemouth, 12, 13, 14, I remember saying to my mum, because she was a lot softer on me, I want to play in goal. And and she was like, what are you on about? Like, you know, it's just stupid. And I was like, no, I've, no, I've really enjoyed Like, I've, I'd love to do it. And I said to my dad and that, and he was like, what are you... He was fuming because he was like, "You're at a good club. You you've got playing a decent hit. level. Yeah, you're playing yeah. a decent level. You good midfielder. What are you talking about?" I had a few instances like that where I would just be like, "I want to play in goal," and I never did. I never. Yeah. I remember buying a pair of gloves at around that age. Well, I, well, I say buying. Mum bought me some gloves. Straight down JJB. Yeah. yeah, and I was just like, I was just knocking about in goal. I wasn't really training. I was just like, "Oh, mate, just kick the ball at me," and I and I'd love it and. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'd, uh, maybe I got the bug then and didn't realise. Anyway, fast forward, I've obviously gone to Gosport and I'm playing. So I forgot where I was going with this now. Where was I? I was trying to think what I was about to tell you. Oh, sorry, yeah. So I've started going in goal. The first time I really went in goal properly where I thought I'm actually going to do it was the first time I uploaded on Instagram. So That's crazy. Your first thought was, I want to be in goal. Yeah. But and then I'm going to upload this. That's, yeah. That, so I was getting to that that's age. That's brave again, mate. Yeah. Again, I was like, I was opening myself up to a lot of problems with like, <laughs> like you know, a lot of scrutiny. And that was fine too. I didn't, you know, whatever. I'm not expected to be good. I've never, never been in goal. So I was getting there at like 20 years old, Mark, something like that around the time. I'm trying to think how long I stayed at Gosport. But anyway little break, started going in goal, uploaded some stuff on Instagram. And I remember training with Patrick O'Flaherty. He was a Bournemouth keeper and he was, he was class, to be fair. He was, he was great because I got to train with him. And, like, I was crap. Like, that's the thing. Like, it, oh I didn't I didn't just magically be, like, Become half a decent. goalkeeper. No, yeah, no you wouldn't have done it. 20 years old, never yeah. played in goal before. So I was, I was terrible. And, like, I look back at it. And if anyone follows me, you can go back to the first videos and you'll see that technically I was shocking. Yeah. Couldn't dive left. Like... Anytime the ball went to my left, I'd like turn over and get onto my right. So it probably made it look like even more of a camera save. Um, <laughs> training with Pat, I was uploading videos. It was doing all right. I was thinking, oh, this is quite cool. I'm, I'm quite enjoying this. And I didn't think I was good. I definitely wasn't there thinking I've sussed it. I'm legend goal. Like, I, was, I was no good. And um, I had a few videos. Like, I was just some like top corner saves or whatever. Because to be honest as well, I was extremely naive to the position. I didn't know like how hard it was the and disciplines it's and... so much harder than being an outfield player like that's what, people don't really get that so i'm uploading I love videos that sentence. say that again it's so much harder than being yes. an outfield player you are correct mate, but it is because i've done both now <laughs> yeah. and like it's just totally different it's like a different sport and then a few videos there's a big share page called 433 they shared a couple of my videos and before i knew it i had like thirty thousand followers within a couple of months and i was like it's different now. It's not so easy to grow on Instagram. But, like, I remember thinking, like, oh, this is quite cool. But I never thought, oh, this might lead to a job. I just thought, oh, this is pretty cool. and Just enjoying the ride. Yeah, I just thought, this is good fun, this. Like, people think... It's crazy. It's and, brilliant, and, and in my head, I was like, I'm robbing a living. It. Like, not I was not that I was getting paid, but I'm, I'm certainly not a good keeper. I love the naivety, though, that you I had. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's, like, it's obviously, that's why you were probably endearing at the time and so many people got behind you and yeah, followed you. Because yeah, yeah. It was just like you just having a good time trying yeah. trying to play in goal. Yeah, and like I remember, I won't mention who, but I remember like I got to I don't know fifty, sixty thousand followers at the time, and I remember thinking like this is class. Not for one second did I think I'm really good. Yeah. I was just like this is just good fun. I had a, a keeper who was League Two at the time, and uh, he messaged me 
and more or less battered me. No way. He, he, I couldn't believe it. I, I know the keeper. It, it's weird because it, he messaged me less than a year ago and said, like, oh, do you fancy a session? I love what you're doing. And, like, he, if he ever listens to this, he'll probably know it's him, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, whatever, whatever. Anyway, he literally messaged me and was like, he more or less said, you're terrible. Why are you uploading videos? Like, oh I couldn't believe it. I just thought, like... This is just this is out of order. That's no. not part of the union. No, that. I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. I mean, like, I'll tell you the lad his membership. I'll tell you the lad after we finish with the video because yeah. I don't want to do that. But yeah. like, anyway, he messaged me a year ago and he was like, "Oh, like, unreal, love what you're doing. Do you want a session?" I just thought, "What the? What's wow. wrong with you? Like, you can't just hammer me when I'm terrible." But that's just so fickle. But anyway, yeah. um, probably hoping you don't remember. If, yeah, hundred percent. And anyway, I got the got a decent following and I was I was becoming obsessed with goalkeeping that's the thing like I love goalkeeping and I'm and like you said before I'm actually really geeky on it I watched the England goalkeeper training I watched Fabianski training at Swansea at the time I think it was I watched like every single training thing you could imagine and in my head I was just enjoying it but I was actually studying it like subconsciously I was like watching That was your coaching. That was me coaching. Yeah, you, I was you, getting, you yeah. wasn't getting goalie uh, coaching no one so you're me. learning yourself off these videos. I was watching I remember watching Jack Butland at the time and I always thought like he just looks class like he looks so technically so good. He does everything properly. I remember watching him and thinking like I want to keep like that. So I started like again it was, I guess it was me being coached. I was just watching the sessions and then like He's obviously taking a volley and stepping with it and, 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 you know, and finishing off every save properly. And I remember thinking, like, I can do that. Like, there's no, there's no reason. I might do it terribly. But yeah, I, there's yeah. no reason why I can't try technically it, try yeah. to do that. Yeah. I started doing that. I was all right. And I was, you know, just, just watching the England keepers, watching everything you could on YouTube. And I, don't, I developed really quick. I started, like, I could fool you to think that I've probably been in goal for a little while and you wouldn't know I just took it up and... Yeah, just training literally probably Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday for the first part. That's before I got a job because I realised quickly that football wasn't paying me and I needed to go and get a job. So in the midst of that, I got a job at the Southampton Hospital. So this is, I know, so this is weird, right? Because I've got that many followers and, and don't get me wrong, that doesn't equate to money, but I was at, I was at the hospital on probably 800 quid a month, which is not, don't get me wrong, it's not no money, but it's not a lot of money. Uh, I had 100,000 followers. Wow. And I was literally just working in the hospital. So weird. And I was like, people were like, what are you doing in that? I was like, I was basically handing out post. So I was going around getting letters, going into all the admin offices, like everything you could imagine. Bellboy, yeah. I was pretty, yeah, I was like like the Joey, and it was fine. Because to me, I was so naive to anything because i'm quite a like happy-go-lucky kind of guy i was like so naive to anything i thought this would do me i'm just handing out posts making videos and getting loads of views at night didn't have a clue i didn't have a clue what was going on yeah so good though yeah so i was working i worked at a hospital for a a good while like i'd I'd like to think i'd done my stint of graft when when did when was the point then you realized having such a large following that you could actually start making money from it so because well, that I must did, have been I, soon. That must have been soon of, after that point. Kind of, but I had... To me, I was like, that's a lot of followers, and it, it certainly is. And I just thought, like, I never really... I never thought about money at all. I never thought, like, this is going to become money. And I know we were speaking before about gloves. The first the first real money I got was a, was a small glove brand who 
offered to pay me for you know to use their gloves and tag them in posts and everything like that uh i was getting paid 150 quid a month and to me i was that like, must have been like winning the lottery oh mate i was like yeah. i'm flying it yeah, like yeah. Yeah, all <laughs> i need is all i need is 10 of these and yeah. like you know yeah. I, I sort of thought like i'd really really sussed it and uh i hadn't but i thought that this is this is class so they were paying me and i was working at the hospital and and you know doing social media and whatever and then one of the biggest things that sort of got me away from working there was uh jim shark had had reached out and and said to me we'd like to you know like to wear our kit in brand in ambassador yeah role, brand yeah. ambassador what you know whatever you want to call it and i thought i remember saying uh, am I okay to talk about numbers a little of bit? Of course you yeah, can, yeah. okay, yeah. sorry. So I remember... It's good content. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's probably interesting for people to hear as well. But like, because a, a lot of the social media worlds, they're quite secretive about they are, the yeah. money. I don't, you know, whatever. I just, whatever happened. There's certain things I won't say. Yeah. But like, anyway, I've gone up to... It was a it was a marketing manager who reached out. His name's Jason. He's, he's a legend, if you ever watch this, Jason. Um, <laughs> he reached out, messaged me on, on Instagram, and, and generally I reply to everyone. So that was kind of a, a good karma that because I engage with people that have looked after me, I've got a good deal. And he said, I want you to come up to Birmingham and, and um, see the offices. We, we're quite interested in sort of bringing you on board. And I just thought, I've had people send me kit. It's just going to be some kit. Yeah. And he said, like, what's the ideal situation for you? So I've gone up to Gymshark and I thought, I'm just going to come home with a load of kit here. And I said, oh, I'd love to do this full time because I explained I work in a hospital and I hand out letters. And he was like, oh, what do you, what do you earn at the hospital? And I lied. I was, if you won't mind me. Added said, a bit of tax on, oh, yeah. yeah. I, said, I, said, <laughs> well, I don't know, 15, 20 grand, something like that. And uh, he was like, we'll give you that to do it full time. And I remember thinking, like, Oh, You're Lord. joking. I should have said 40. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I was... That's I was, a natural reaction. Of yeah, course it is, yeah. But again, like, I was such a naive... Yeah young man i had no no real concept of what was normal yeah. and it's only really in the last couple of years as i've understood maybe the worth of social media yeah for whether that be a good thing or not but they they made me a, a contract offer offer and it was around that much and i remember handing in my notice at the hospital and i was thinking like this is class like <laughs> rang in a couple of sick days and I, anyway i've left the hospital and i'm i'm doing it full time and jim shark are paying me and uh, somewhere in the midst of that, obviously getting some more endorsement deals. I remember doing something with Adidas at the time. I was lucky enough to do some sessions with like uh, Luca Zidane, Isco, like uh, Zinedine Zidane, like yeah. loads of mad names. I, I remember going to London and meeting Deli Ali, and like there was just loads of crazy stuff started happening. So, would you be obviously it would be about them but you would be the goalie and goal if they were doing shooting drills and yeah stuff like that. pretty much yeah so all the stuff if you look back on youtube from some of the previous stuff yeah. i'd done some stuff with gymshark and then adidas and yeah i'd be the keeper i wouldn't have to do anything crazy they weren't asking me to present you know sky sports it would just be like yeah just, just jumping goal and yeah, you do yeah. your thing and before i knew it I'd, i was earning decent money like nothing crazy there's a bit of a misconception nothing crazy just good enough money yeah, that i was like oh i'm quite comfortable a little appearance fee for turning up yeah, that day and, and... and it was it was good as gold and um yeah it took me some some really brilliant places and yeah obviously got to the point now where sorry i go jumping back and forth but let's go back to the keeping my my keeping was getting really good and yeah. like that was just solely hard work i wasn't i wasn't a gifted goalkeeper i don't really think that really happens it's it's, it's rare isn't it that you're going to get someone who's just naturally naturally gifted like, uh, it's yeah because it, yeah. it's such a, it's just hard work and like i'm athletic and all that but my, my keeping was getting really good so 
I was catching better, I was diving better, I was I was making better decisions and everything like that. And then like there's there's so much weird stuff that sort of happened in the midst of all this journey is like I had I won't mention who, but it was a Premier League keeper coach, right? And and I was starting to look alright at this point. I was thinking, yeah, I could go and play a little bit. I, I never thought oh, I'm brilliant, but like a Premier League keeper coach, and he said, oh, you look really good, and you, how tall are you, and you know what you're doing. I'll tell you who this is after as yeah. well. You'll you'll definitely know him. And he said, I'd love to bring you in on a trial to this club. This is a Premier League club. It's still a Premier League club, and I was thinking this is ridiculous because I'm not. I'm nowhere near good enough, yeah. but I wasn't going to say that. So I was like, oh, you know, I'm playing it cool. Sounds brilliant. I, I'd, you know, I'd really love to do that because I was technically I, was, I wasn't right, bad yeah. at the time. Certainly not like I am now. I just wasn't bad. And um, he said, "Have you got what's your background like with playing?" And and you know, and and that was what completely killed me. I should have lied. And I said, oh, I was too honest because I was naive. I just said, "I've, I've not played, and and I've, I've only been a keeper a year and a half, couple of years, yeah. or whatever." And then uh, he said, "It's probably not gonna not gonna happen. You know, we're not gonna bring you in." So it went from, "Oh, we're gonna have you on trial." And uh, don't get me wrong, I, not that I thought oh, it's gonna go anywhere, yep. but I thought, what an experience and what story. But see, if you'd have just said, "I came oh, through at Bournemouth," yeah, but didn't ever mention that you was an outfielder, you'd have got that trial. One thousand percent. If I and and even like not many, I think not many people really know that now about me as yeah. well. If I said I was a Bournemouth scholar and I played in the Conference South and I was out of that of that. I would have gone on trial there, That's and that crazy. and that club now. I won't say the club because then it's you know, yeah. but but we yeah, can put two and two yeah, together, you'll, yeah, you'll figure course, it out. Yeah. But but that yeah, that club now still in the Premier League, and like I still speak to the guy, like he's good as guy. He watches all my content, yeah. and 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 I'm due to do something with him at some point. But had I lied, I would have been, which is an absolute farce. But I would have been trialing at a, at a Premier, Premier League, club. and I was nowhere near it. I I, I think now if I were to, I don't, I'm not going to say I'm a Prem keeper but I think if I went into a Prem club now let's say it was Saints because they're on the doorstep and I trained I d you wouldn't be like I don't think you'd be like god he's terrible I think you know what I mean I think you'd just be like yeah he's ended up on trial here. yeah yeah and and that's that but like yeah that was another mad thing that sort of happened sorry Crazy. I keep going no all, I like, all I like the, the tangents here, but mate. I really yeah, like, like it. that was just that was a ridiculous <laughs> and that should never have really happened but it just shows how mad football is. That's it, yeah. And And you know, one day you, you can be in the hospital handing out letters and, and you might find yourself at a Prem club on trial the next. That's and, crazy. Yeah. Some story. That crazy. Yeah, yeah, mad. No, nice I'll story. tell you after because yeah, you'll yeah. know the guy. I, know and you'll I think I already know it. Oh, is. really? Yeah. Okay. I'm guessing who it is. Anyway, right, we're going to do our goalie or no goalie now. I'm going to fit this in. <laughs> I've been dreading this. Yeah, everyone says this, okay. right? Because I, I know I'm going to get this so right. You're wrong. not meant to get it no, right. No. So obviously five international goalkeepers and five random names from around the world. One point for each answer, yeah? Okay. I'm actually going to try and keep score today. All right. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> New scoreboard, everyone. New scoreboard. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so honestly, it's going to be tough. Yeah, It's, yeah. it's not meant to I be I don't easy. expect it yet. Right, yeah. so uh, number one, Amol Knight. No, not a keeper. No goalie? You have to say no goalie or no goalie. goalie. He is a goalkeeper. <laughs> He's Jamaica and Lexington SC goalkeeper. Well, I've actually had a few fans on Instagram shout me to use this guy's name. So thanks Amol for that. Amol Knight. Amol Knight. Not out of him, but yeah. he's probably brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> right, number two, Camilo Vargas. Yeah, he's a goalie. Sure. No, he's not a goalie. It's up to you. It's, oh, don't no. let me influence your opinion. None of them sound like keepers. So. Camilo Vargas. No, he's not a goalie. He is a goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst score anyone's got? Four. 
class. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. <laughs> yes. You just got to warm up into it. You've got to realise that it's all a trick, right? So he is Columbia and Atlas FC goalkeeper. Right. Right. Number three, Ollie Russell. Not a goalie. He is not an international goalkeeper. He's next week's guest. Oh. Uh, star uh, of TikTok, father and son oh, yeah, goalkeeper. We spoke, didn't we? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I should yeah. have got that. I should anyway. have recognised yeah. that. So, oh, right, one. What Here we edge. go. Number four, Lewis Strauss. Strauss. <laughs> Lewis Strauss. Goalie. Robert Downey Jr.'s character in Oppenheimer is oh, not literally. a goalkeeper. What am I? I watched that, Did like, you watch that about three days ago. <laughs> nice. What is wrong? Yeah. Do you yeah. know what got me? When you corrected the name, I thought, yeah. he's a keeper then because he's yeah. reading it. Yeah, like, I'm reading it properly. Yeah, no, but no. you're watching Oppenheimer. Lewis Strauss is not a goalkeeper from Oppenheimer. That's crap from me. And <laughs> yeah, I've literally sat in the cinema and looked at him for three Three hours. days, yeah, that's nice, that. I love chucking them ones in. Right, number five, Matija Sarkic. Not a goalie. He is a goalkeeper. You're, you're having a stinker here. He is, uh, I, I he's, actually, he's actually at Wolves. Oh. Uh, he is Montenegro Mate, goalkeeper. I, this is what's crap. On from, I know that lad. Yeah. That, I, I wouldn't know him by name, but I've seen that lad. Yeah, Matthias. He, he, he got loaned out in Scotland as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. Was went, that what you just said? Uh, no, he was on loan last year at Stoke. He went to, who did he go he to? Went, he went to Motherwell? Yeah, no. he, yeah, anyway, he I know that. He went someone in Scotland last year. What is wrong with me? He's just top, you're overthinking it. All right, number six. There's nothing to think. <laughs> no, it's, just, it, yeah, it's, it's 50-50. <laughs> yeah. Right, number six. Hernando Ari Sutiyaridi. Not a goalie. <laughs> he is a goalkeeper. <laughs> Sorry about this segment, <laughs> by the way. This is class. He is Indonesia. How many more have I got? And Persia Bayer. How many uh, have we got goalkeeper. there? Uh, you're still... Well, I'm on seven next. Christ. Right, come on. Let's get a couple right now, right? Yeah. Number seven. Austin Post. <laughs> you got no idea. This is class. I love it when it's like this. Austin Post. <laughs> is, is, is that... uh, I'm going to say he is a goalie. <laughs> You're a shambles. Uh, Post Malone is not an international goalkeeper. Is that him? Yeah. That's his actual name? Yeah, Austin Post. Post is... Malone. I don't even care at this point. Yeah. I'm going to be the worst one here, yeah. don't mind. One, one out of seven so far. Come on, you, you can tie with... So bad. What? <laughs> so bad. But, but, like, you look at me every time like I should yeah, get yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I have no that's, idea. That's my poker face. Yeah. My old age leather skin, that. <laughs> right, number eight, Ruth Hadler. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Ruth Hadler. Goalie. I give up with this. Well, how am I supposed to know? Oh, she's Barbie. <laughs> okay. She invented Barbie. Right. Not a keeper then. No, <laughs> she is not a goalkeeper, mate. You never know. <laughs> Inventor and creator of the Barbie doll with the release of the movie last week. Got this terribly wrong. Ruth Hadler. How have you gone for that? Mate, you can't say that because it could have been... Like, none of the names sound realistic. Austin Post. Right, uh, come on. Right, Go number on. nine, Ibrahim Kone. Not a goalie. He's a goalie. <laughs> <laughs> it's the What's most mad? footballer name ever, What's Kone. What's... <laughs> <laughs> he is Guinea and uh, Hibernian. In Malta. He plays in Malta. I can just see how disappointed you are. Yeah. But like, mate, I'm <laughs> going to do so next funny. time. I'm going to send you a load of keepers and yeah. you're going to have a go. All right, no problem. This yeah, is shocking. Yeah. Right, number 10, fi <laughs> finally, number 10, Alfie Moon. 
I've heard of that. <laughs> but why? Yeah, I'm going to say he's not a keeper. He is not a goalkeeper. Yeah. That's Shane Ritchie's character in EastEnders. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't watch that. I've never watched it, but I've heard of it. Well, my scoreboard didn't really get much use today. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Two out of ten. But the problem is, is like, it is just a guess. It is a guess. It's complete it's 50, lottery. 50 and you were wrong 80% of the time. Perfect. <laughs> sounds, sounds brilliant. <laughs> oh, mate, that was my most enjoyable <laughs> goalie or no goal. I'm actually going to leave this I'm there. Just, it's like a I'm walk just, of shame. I'm good entertainment. That's the difference. <laughs> mate, that was so funny. Proper enjoyed that. I got right. that so wrong. Right, let's go back to a bit of uh, YouTube stuff, right? So where yep. do you get your inspiration from and your content ideas? Is uh, it all you or are you getting no, ideas of people uh, writing in? And I think a lot of stuff I've definitely perhaps been the first to do, like in whether that's a good or bad thing, I don't know. But like I watch other keepers, I watch other creators to a degree and, and, and sort of maybe put a twist on it. But it's not solely me. Yeah, Certainly not, no. But it comes from... I don't know. I'm quite a creative person, but again, it's it's just I just try and make training as enjoyable as possible. Yeah, and it can't always be like that. But I'd like to think I've set trends or whatever you want to call it on on certain things for sure. But yeah, no. Uh, and obviously, from that, I wanted to know where do you think that content creating, especially in a goalkeeping world, will go next? Will, will scared it be... for where it might go? Are you really? <laughs> well, uh... I think it's. A, uh, I think it'll be like the next phase will be recreating memorable moments, memorable saves, yeah. and like almost doing like flashback stuff. But it's, the only problem with that is getting the footage, <laughs> which obviously for like legal reasons you're not allowed to. Yeah, to take. I, I like that concept. Uh, I've done. I've done something like that before. And break it down of how that goalkeeper made that save. Yeah, why I, that... I'd like to think perhaps it will become more educational. Um, for me personally, I'm I'm like I was talking to you previously about playing and obviously club stuff, which is which is sort of what I'm what I'm thinking about at the moment. Um, yeah, I'd like to think it become a little bit more educational with the keeping. Um, it's hard to know, really. It is, it's uh, just difficult. Like, just trends, isn't it? Just whatever people are finding enjoyable, enjoyable at the time. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not sure with that one, but I'm interested to see. I'm, yeah. Obviously, I'm. I was one of the first keepers to to sort of go and create content. I was. One of one of three others probably, which is um, great. It's just yeah, there's a lot of people doing it now. There's yeah. a lot getting into it. So right, uh, and as, as we've like, we've alluded to or not spoke about yet, but you've you've managed to create new stuff yourself and open doors. Uh, can you speak about your your one glove connection? Yeah, well, we'll start doing the glove review in a bit, but I want to talk about you being yeah. exclusive to now the one glove. Yeah, so obviously I've, I've had a couple of different brands over the years of, <laughs> since I've been doing it, of course. Um, spoke probably, I think it's six months ago now. I've, I've been with One Glove for about six months. Uh, went up to the offices in Hertfordshire and spoke with Will and Miles. I'm sure you know Will and yeah. Miles. They're both, uh, both great guys. Um, started talking about what we can do together. And um, yeah, I'm obviously exclusively of One Glove and, and probably will be exclusively well certainly will be exclusively with one glove until i'm i'm done keeping yeah. um yeah it's been amazing working with them obviously we've just gone off to america which has been fantastic and um getting to work and and work alongside them see what their their pros sort of have available to them and and yeah it's just there's fantastic guys the company's brilliant and uh both just really normal like yeah. i i think they love their brand they yeah they really love what they do and, they? and they both working oh, they're probably give me some stick but they both work incredibly hard to yeah. be fair to them um a lot harder than i do so uh 
yeah, I, I love the brand. and uh, It must I, be a, a nice feeling to have that backing from such a, a large goalkeeping brand. And yeah. Also I, them coming to you with ideas and go, yeah, you fulfilling that. For almost. sure. Like what, one glove, even even when I was younger and stuff, just I was aware of the gloves and such a, such a massive brand here in the UK. And sometimes I think they don't quite understand how big that brand is and, and, and how well they're doing. But again, like, that's probably part and parcel of owning your own thing. But yeah, it's it's amazing to have a, a business like One Glove, and and obviously the gloves are fantastic as well, just yep. to to fully support me in 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 what I'm doing. So right, let's talk about yeah. the gloves then. This is Matt Smith, and this is the glove review on the Yours Mine Away podcast. And so obviously you wear the One Glove. Uh, what what range is it you wear? Oh, can I grab them? Yeah, of course uh, you can. This yeah. is. I mean, I wear all sorts because you know I'm not playing games, so I'm not overly superstitious, but. This for me, obviously, the Geo is is what I would prefer to wear if I was playing games. Yep. Uh, I love a white glove. I don't mind a bit of colour too, but I would always white palms yep. for sure. Obviously, um, Marcus Bettinelli's have been stained green by it. Yeah, the, he's obviously artificial had some, grass. He's had some 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 work in these. So um, yeah, they're the ones for me. Um, but like I said, because I'm not not in games and stuff, I'm not overly superstitious. I'll I'll try anything, but. Yep. Yeah, they've they've also got some uh, some good stuff up their sleeve coming, so that'd, yeah. be, that'd be exciting. Obviously, you must be able to then test all upcoming products and make videos yeah. about that and content with other goalkeepers as well that they yeah. have. Yeah, for sure. So just before we went away, they sent me a load of unreleased samples, which was which is really cool for me to try out. Um, and then it's also interesting seeing like the different specs of what um, what the actual players are wear. Like Freddie Freddie Woodman, you know Freddie, he's, he's actually really easy just he's like i wear anything i don't really care i've never never so, i've never had a, or encountered a keeper who isn't really that fast he's like their, their ledge i'll just wear them like normally you know you might want white palms or you might want a certain cut or a yep. fit and but he's like yeah whatever and then you get i won't say who or talk too much about it but other other people within within uh football are just like it has to be this it has to be that and yeah i don't think there's a right or wrong but no. Yeah, it's cool for me to test upcoming products. Though, sorry, that was a long-winded no, no, way it's of nice. saying that. That's a, no, it's a nice. That's what I was getting to anyway. I think it's a, it's a legit experience for yeah. you to see the, the going on behind and also what goes into each pair of gloves. That yeah. you've probably been privy to some of the the stuff that a lot of our fan bases, both of our fan bases, would mm. love to see. Yeah, for sure. So obviously, even going into the, have you ever been to the one glove office? I've not. I can't no. imagine you have. <laughs> no, I shouldn't have anyway. <laughs> but, um, yeah, even even going up there and and seeing what their day to day is like and product development and yeah, just just everything that goes into what appears to be quite simple, like obviously just something you put on your hand. But like, it's it's incredible to see. And yeah, I think some young keep, well, just keepers generally. I remember when Freddie came into the office and he was like. He was like a kid in a candy shop. Like he, he loved it. So yeah, yeah it's, it's really good. good There's experience. so much out there, right? What gloves? Do, uh, what size are you? I'm a nine and a half or ten. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around that. Yeah, yeah. so quite big hands. Uh, I normally ask how often you go through a pair of gloves, but because you're making videos and you need them to be yeah. look the best, do you just constantly changing your gloves? But you know what? I don't like. I, everyone thinks that. Oh, you must have a new pair of gloves every time you train. Like I normally. When we was in when we was in Texas, I was there for, uh, sorry, America I was there for three weeks, and I only used one pair of gloves. I was, uh, well, yeah, I was just, I was just, I don't, I don't actually go through gloves. It's more a case of like, if wheels on my case saying, oh, can you wear these? Can you wear these? these or, you the know, this ones. is what's coming out. Can you? Yeah, then I'll change gloves. But generally, no, oh, I don't really go through many. No. I mean, I want them to look good, of course, but I'm always on Astro, so they, they normally hold up okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you wash them? Obviously, with Astro stuff, they sometimes stain black and stuff like that. 
Uh, yeah, I watched them. Well, I'm you, not. I'm you, not. You I'm said, not. No, you don't. Because, that no, was I, a lie. That was an absolute I lie. Lied. <laughs> yeah, that was a lie. I you know you what? It's, I would, but I am super lucky that like I can wear them and wear them and wear them and like. I, also, I'd wash them if I was playing games. Yes. Because then I'm like, oh, I need these to be good. Yeah. But because I'm like training, it's like I can drop one and and no one's going to tell me off. No. <laughs> you know. So that must be. Ugh, I don't mean no, like no, goalkeeping's go edited, right? But obviously, mm. socials you can see. Look, I, I have to break in a new pair of gloves for like two training sessions. Yeah. I have to wash them a couple of times so that they're ready for a Saturday. But like, yeah. you can just put a brand new pair on. Yeah. And, and do the sticky noise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that all goalkeepers video do. Every goalkeeper yeah, yeah, brand yeah, does it now. Normal, they put up their, it? Yeah. They'll just do that like video of yeah, that, and then you'll catch the first ball but in reality if you did that on a, on a grass pitch on a wet day yeah, yeah. like it's it, not like that it's hard work yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah, yeah I'm, I'm lucky that i can just just chuck a new pair on and, yeah. and get on with it but but i don't go through as many gloves as you might think yeah. like yeah and, and if i was maybe i probably would if i was playing because i'd have match gloves and, yeah. and batter the ones in training i suppose but um I don't think I'm much maintenance of gloves. They yeah. might tell you otherwise, no. but yeah, I'm all right. So are you thinking about your camera angles now because you're exclusive to a glove uh, to, to get the best out of that product? Or are you just still, do you solely concentrate on your drills and what type of video you're making? Yeah, it's more, like you said, it's more what type of video I'm making. So I might make a video which is just solely producty, and it's it's not so much to keep and I'm just showcasing the product. Yeah. But yeah, I've kind of got to the point where it's just like I'm I'm just so used to doing it. I know what I know what I'll do and I know what's what and, and that's it. But yeah, I'd, the best thing for me and I always say to literally everybody is not really the entertaining stuff. It's more like I like the keeping where I get to train with the keeper. Yeah. Like or if I get to go into a club like Rob was saying about coming up the gates head, that'd be like the best week of my life because yeah. I'll just be like, Oh, I'm just training and I don't have to think about the camera. Yeah. But when I'm on my, by myself and it's me and someone serving or whatever then obviously I think about the camera quite a bit. Yeah. But yeah. Right, uh, I want to talk now before we finish up on that, but I want to talk about some of the keepers you have worked with and the experiences. So like yeah. you've already talked about Wayne Brown at Oxford. Yeah, like, he's great. Brownie. Obviously Freddie you've worked with. You've worked with a lot of very good goalkeepers, goalkeeper coaches yeah. through what you've done. Like it's incredible that you're opening doors and managing to do stuff like I've not trained with Freddie. You know what I mean? And yeah, I've yeah. not trained with Wayne Brown. And yeah, like, yeah. You've opened up so many doors from doing what you're doing. It yeah. is inspiring, mate. Yeah, it's a, it's a different avenue. And um, yeah, I've been I've been super lucky to train with some of the names: Burn Leno. I've had a session with Leno. I've had a session with Jordan Pickford. Um, Lucas Zidane, obviously Zidane's kid. He was he was great. Um, but then also like some of the names which have actually really helped me along the way, Wayne Brown being a massive one, Harry Eistead who's just gone to Charlton, he's a he's a ledge Harry because he's probably what sort of drove me on to be a better keeper because whilst I was learning and getting better, I was training with Harry so much and uh, he's a fantastic keeper. He's technically like unbelievable and, and he's just a ledge as well and he, he drove me on a lot. Um, Alex Bass is another one who's great. He's, he's a ledge. Um, I'm just trying to think now. Obviously, Freddie. Um, yeah. The one who, like, who I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say surprised because he, he's spent most of his life at Chelsea is Jamal Blackman. And yeah. um, when I trained with him, I, I, not that I didn't expect him to be amazing, but he was, you know, when you train and you think, like, I can score if I want to. If, you, if I'm serving, I think I'll, I'll be able to score one of these. Yeah. I could not score against Jamal. Yeah. Like he was like he's a big, big he, guy. He's like as six well. seven, and like he's a, he's a, he's a big boy and he's he's physically great. Yeah. And I, I thought maybe he's going to be a little bit slow or maybe he's because obviously he's tall. Yeah, yeah. And but he was like 
he was agile like you were like five eight. He was he was ridiculous, and and I was actually quite frustrated. I like, wouldn't know that, but I it's not even like I could score if I wanted to. Like I was like serving him, and I was thinking like he is just you can't. There's no gaps in the. There's goal. no yeah, gaps. Yeah, I just yeah. couldn't score, and like, and then I'm going in, and I'm making some good saves, but he's also scoring. And I'm yeah. thinking like, fucking hell, he's he's decent. He's isn't decent he? yeah. yeah, he's probably the one who stands out where I was like, wow, I can't I can't beat him. Yeah, but. Other than that, yeah, the, everyone else is just they're all ledge, really. Yeah. Like, the keepers, like you say, the union, everyone's the same. Like yeah. they're all good as gold. Other than that one who messaged me, <laughs> but like, they're, they're all they're all ledge, and uh, yeah, so I'm I'm very lucky to do what I do for right. sure. I always end this on what does the goalkeepers' union mean to you? So you've linked it in perfectly there. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So just again, it's like I said earlier, the position is like a totally different sport, and only goalkeepers really understand how difficult it is. Or, or I mean, all keeper coaches, but. So many times, and you get you get pundits, but you get outfield players, and they'll be commenting on what keeping's like. But only goalkeepers really know. And, and if you've been in there, and you know how lonely it can be, but also just it's just so fucking hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard, isn't it? So hard, like and like you could you could like I'm sure you know what it's like. You could you could have a game and you could lose six 0 and you might have played great. And like certain things, you're just not in control of. It's just the hardest position. The, the conditioning to be a goalie is so different as well. Physically as well. Like they, cause I remember when I was younger, even at Bournemouth, and it'd be Pat and Mark Childs in goal. I'd be looking over, like looking at what they're doing, and I think, like, oh, that looks like a piece of piss. I'd love to do that. Just diving around in the mud. And then you do it, and physically, oh, my God. Like, just trying to get up all the time. Yeah. That's, the, that's what I find the hardest, obviously, being quite tall, is just getting off the ground. Repetitive diving. Yeah, just over and over. Yeah. It's just horrendous. It's a blow. It's, it's miles harder than people think. Yeah. It's worse than outfield stuff, yeah, for sure. Because yeah, yeah. I've done both and I know it's worse. That's what I mean. Like, you, you can actually compare both. Like We do running in pre-season. Yeah. But like, the only equivalent of that would be asking, see, like, we have to run every day in the off-season. Yeah. I can't imagine a fitness coach ever saying to an outfielder, you've got to do 10 dives a day no. in the summer. Because it would just be total bonkers. But uh, goalies all run every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just... It's not, it's not even worth comparing. It's like a totally different sport. And yeah. like... I'd love to put some outfield players in goal because, like, obviously I did it and it was a massive transition. But like, it's it's just fucking like it's so hard. Yeah, so, yeah. People think it's a piece of piss, but it's not. It's not. No. It's really even like being technically good is so hard. Yeah. Like, you, you get top keepers who are who are not technically great. Like, it can happen. You know, you can you can kind of get by and and you'd be unorthodox and but be a really good goalkeeper. But like. People think, oh, yeah, just dive around, just catch a few balls, like the balls knuckling. And the football as well, this is the other thing. They're designed to go in. Like yeah. every, th- every year the ball's getting wobblier. It's getting harder to read. It's like... The quicker as it's, well. It, quicker. Like it's, it's just in favour of uh, strikers. Yeah, it is. I see the new championship balls. I, I think the Prem ball's going to go to Puma in a couple of years. It is, yeah. And I've used them, obviously, going in at Oxford and just, just using them anyway and like... They absolutely fly. It's yeah. going to be so hard. That's what we use now. And they're are you on them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course you are. You yeah. Be, yeah, yeah. They're nice, though. They are lovely. Yeah. But not when it's wet and they've yeah. got that fresh gloss yeah, on. mad. Singing yeah. around. All right. Uh, anyway, I'm going to have to end it there. But what an episode it's been. I've really enjoyed this, Yeah, I've enjoyed way. it. Thanks for yeah. having me on, man. No, thank you very much for coming on. What a lovely guy as well, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Right. Like, Ladies time. and gentlemen, Declan McCarthy. What a This has been the Yours Mine Away podcast with me, Mark Howard. Please make sure you give us a follow and a five-star rating. It really helps us grow. Leave a comment as well. All this this sort of stuff helps. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye. What a save from Mark Howard. (laughs) 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 